0: All right, without further ado, I'm going to have Caroline Kittle, who is the associate pastor of newcomers and youth and basically just kind of all around pastoral care and amazing human and scholar who is going to be sharing with us this morning. So take it away, Caroline. All right. Thanks, Emily. So good morning. And I'm thankful that you're here today. So we're doing um, a vision series right now. And I really love how um, Emily, I think she might've gotten it from Lisa Ruby, framed us as Blue Ocean 3.0. So Blue Ocean 1.0 is when we started about eight years ago. And Blue Ocean 2.0 includes the years that we were fully virtual for COVID-19. And now that Ken is retired and we're both in-person and on Zoom, the hybrid, um, we're launching and rebuilding as Blue Ocean 3.0. So many of us are doing two simple things to help Blue Ocean thrive, give and serve. To me, this means having open hands and open hearts. So our vision is to continue to build authentic human connections with open hearts and open hands as we pursue justice and live out our values. When Blue Ocean began, we learned that having an open heart A theologically open heart towards those in need is actually a powerful act of resistance against religious exclusions and harms. So I believe similarly that having an open hand giving generously to those in need is also a powerful act of resistance against current economic harms. So we've talked a lot over the years about deconstructing the harms of religion and rebuilding a healthier faith, but we haven't really talked that much about the harms of our economy. So economic injustice impacts all of us, but it's especially harmful to those in need. Money as a church can be very difficult to talk about, um, both because of human greed, the hoarding of it, and also because of its scarcity among those in need, it it hurts. So I wanted to um, start us off with kind of a funnier lighthearted story. Um, It's actually from a rabbi who lived in the 1800s, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan of Belarus, and it's about money and chicken schmaltz. So chicken schmaltz is a Yiddish word for chicken fat the the kosher, fatty part of the chicken that has an onion-like smell. Okay, so here's the story. Once upon a time, there was a young man, remember this was in the 1800s told, um, the young man was very poor and wanted to provide for his loved ones. So he heard about this distant island where diamonds and jewels were as common as the dust of the earth. So he decided to leave his loved ones and seek this island and his fortune. After a really long and difficult journey, he finally found the utopian island and all the rumors were true, diamonds everywhere. So he scooped up a bunch, stuffed his pockets full of jewels, um, but he was also very hungry after the long journey. So he went to a fancy restaurant and ordered all the best foods. After dinner, he plopped down a giant sapphire and exclaimed, keep the change the server laughed at him and said what am i supposed to do with that jewels have no value on this island what we really value is chicken schmaltz you see there's very little livestock here and a great scarcity of chicken schmaltz and so we love it now the poor man realized that he couldn't pay for his meal so he went to work washing dishes Um, he was a hard worker and finally saved up a little chicken schmaltz of his own He worked harder and harder and did very well on the island. Eventually, he became an incredibly wealthy man. But his family sent messages that they needed him back at home. So he packed up all his wealth, ships and ships of chicken schmaltz, and sailed back with his grand fortune. Along the shore, back at home, his family saw uh, the ships sailing in the distance, and they also got a whiff of stench along the wind. (laughs) As he got closer, the smell became overwhelming. It smells like chicken schmaltz, <laughs> they cried. <laughs> they cried in disgust. Um, so when he finally arrived, proud and feeling rich, his loved ones asked him, where are the diamonds? And he scoffs at them. What value are diamonds? They're as plentiful as dust. What really matters is chicken schmaltz. So his loved one realized what had happened. He had become so absorbed in his life on the island that he forgot what really mattered. They asked him, did you save any diamonds at all? Perhaps even just a souvenir? And he remembered stuffing his pockets that very first day where he found 10 gems. So he was able to help his loved ones after all with the little that he brought back. So this is supposed to be a story about the soul's descent from heaven into the body and that we often forget why we're here. I also just think it's hilarious, especially with the stench of his great wealth. The the jewels are the good deeds that we can do for each other while we're here. And I think the truest, most abundant diamonds are the people themselves, the human souls all around us. The problem is that we live in a society that seems to care more about material possessions than the humans who need them. We live in a profit driven society um, and you might have heard this term. Some people use this term late stage capitalism or end stage capitalism to describe the absurdities, injustices and exploitations of our current economic system. So I think the name alone reflects this hope that we're at the end of an era, that we're at the end of some the system that's harming people. Um, one example of the extremes of late stage capitalism is that the top three billionaires in America own more wealth than the bottom 50% of our country. So three people have more money than over 150 million people. That's a whole lot of chicken schmaltz and a lot of human souls left in the dust. Our economic system can cause harm and the exploitation of those in need. So many people are struggling financially and experience that, that clenching fear about making ends meet, even among all our abundance. And this impacts people's on, people on all levels, uh, rich and poor, Because even people with wealth experience those feelings of scarcity. It's actually what drives the market. We might feel like we don't have enough or that we ourselves are not enough. And there's also this great pressure for the never ending accumulation of things, more chicken schmaltz. It's so easy to forget why we're here, and that's why it's also important not to judge. But if money and profits do not reflect our truest values, then how can we resist the harms of our current economic system? So Jesus taught that God gives abundantly to our needs. There is enough. We are enough. Jesus also resisted the trends in his society that caused people to close their hearts and clench their fists against their needy neighbors those human souls that are all around us. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells his very own version of the chicken schmaltz story. So uh, Jesus's version is the short and sweet version. It goes straight to the heart of it. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Like I said, I I think for Jesus, his greatest treasure was people, and that's where he put his heart. He treated the outcasts, the poor, and those in need as if they were the true diamonds in our midst. He remembered why we're here. And encounters with Jesus often led folks to gather in outsiders and give their earthly possessions to those in need. The Gospel of Luke tells how Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, and many others supported Jesus's work out of their own money and resources. So even Jesus needed financial support. The thing is, he preached that God's good realm had drawn near. He preached that they were at the end of an era and his followers believed him. They believed him when he said that, don't worry, love God and neighbor first. And that made all the difference. They gave abundantly with open hands to those in need and open hearts to religious and social outcasts. Jesus inspired within them hope for a new, more just and equitable world, even though their society was so far from it. I think that many of us have the same longing and hope for our troubled world today. And yet, like many of us, his disciples wanted to know when, When will heaven fully be on earth? When will God's good realm arrive with all its mercy and justice? Just like many of us, Jesus' disciples wondered when. And so Jesus gave them an image of birth and of birth pains. He said, all this is but the beginning of the birth pains. So we've been talking about opening our hearts and hands to the human souls all around us, and here, Jesus is talking about birth pains. Now, to give birth, something has to open, make room, and let go. Just um, So like when someone is in labor, um, the, they're told, relax, release your muscles, just breathe. <laughs> and the mind is telling the body to relax, to let go, to release. But the body is like, oh, no, this is mine. I'm not letting go. So the body contracts and it tightens and it sends signals of pain flooding to the brain. Similarly, giving generously is not always an easy thing. We might want to be compassionate and give liberally without a grudge, but all of a sudden our hands clench and our hearts say, oh no, this is mine, I'm afraid, what will happen? So if the age to come is having its own birth pains, and all creation waits for it, then maybe we also will experience birth pains. And if the world today is not yet the world that we hope it will be, then how can we live in, create, and support communities that do reflect our own truest values? How can we resist these harmful systems right here, right now, today? Well, Jesus told them, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So our world, uh, it needs compassionate, open-hearted communities that foster a healthy spirituality and a real connection to a real God. Blue Ocean is this kind of treasure to me. We're a group of people that seeks to provide refuge for those who have been exiled, oppressed, or harmed, especially by religion itself. And when I say that Blue Ocean supports religious outcasts with open hearts, I say this because that's how we began. Our birth story, our beginning, was the opening up of the heart of a congregation for LGBTQ plus people in the church, even when the broader denomination we were a part of clenched up, closed up, and came down hard. It was very painful, but this beautiful, inclusive, open-hearted church came out of it. It was like labor pains. God was the midwife, and Blue Ocean was this bouncing baby that was born. Now, over the years, our, our story has inspired others to join in and help us to become the church we are today. So we've got Liz Dyer's Mama Bears, parents of LGBTQ plus kids. We've got people joining in from around the country and even the world on Zoom and a special hi to the Zoomies. We've got people from different racial and ethnic and religious backgrounds. We have neurodiversity, age diversity, and economic diversity. We even have a variety of theological differences among us. Religious affiliation is at an all-time low in our country. In fact, church membership is less than 50% of the population for the first time ever this year. Yet, people are still hungry for authentic, human connections humans are wired to connect and that's why we're here we have a need so our reading from today and thank you silas you did a great job was from deuteronomy 15 saying if there is anyone among you in need a member of your community in any of your towns within the land that the lord your god is giving you do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted against your needy neighbor. You should rather open your hand, willingly lend enough to meet the need, whatever it may be. These words and the command to love others and open our hands and soften our hearts, they're a reminder of the true diamonds, the shining jewels as plentiful as dust, the very reason why we are here, to love the people around us. This is true even if we live in a world that loves chicken schmaltz and money and things. So sometimes we have to go through a kind of birth process to open ourselves up and remember why we're here. And I love imagining the birth of the compassionate self as a holy ground, a place where God is present. That is what Blue Ocean is to me. And my hope is that we can continue to open our hands and hearts to what God is doing among and within us. I hope that we can continue to contribute both large and small ways to help this gathering of beloved people to survive and thrive. So I want to especially thank you for being here. Um, Thank you for connecting today. And thank you especially to those who need a church like this, and to those who help make it happen. Our vision for Blue Ocean 3.0 is to continue to build authentic human connections with open hearts and open hands, as we give and serve, as we pursue justice, and as we live out our values. So that's done, I'm done. Um, But we usually do a meditation. uh, And I was thinking maybe of doing um, a few practical tips instead. Um, But first, let's give thanks to what we have been given and what we have. Um, Remember that there is enough. We are enough. So just a moment of thanks for that. Next, if you feel a nudge to start giving for the first time, um, whether that's to Blue Ocean or another organization or even to the homeless person who you see out there day after day. Try committing a small try to commit to giving a small but regular amount and see how it goes. And then if you already give try uh, consider trying to find a way to serve as a volunteer, or if you can increase your giving, but maybe do this for like a specified period of time. When that time ends, you can reevaluate and then decide, has this been good? Has this been right? And if you already give and serve, think about other areas in your life. Do you feel that you're giving your time and money to things that don't really matter, like to chicken schmaltz? How can you make adjustments to better align your life to your truest values? Think about where your heart maybe feels clenched or hardened or where your fists are closed. And if you feel a nudge, try opening up your heart and hand, making way for the birth process of the compassionate self, that holy place where the divine rests among us.